feel like that's right. I feel like that's like, right. Vibe. I, I'm not like that. See, same here, fellas. <laughs> Guys, we got a great episode in store for you. Today, episode 98, I think you said. If not, whatever. Who cares? Um, it's the BD Radio Podcast with your co-host, Cam. And alongside me, as always, is Ryan, a.k.a. Groobs, a.k.a. The Goat. How are you, Doe? I'm doing good, man. Uh, just pretty pumped to be here, hanging out, chilling. Same, um, dude. You know, it's it's another weekend. We had some good news, and we have some awesome guests with us. Pretty excited for this one. We do. We haven't had a guest in millennia, it seems as if. Maybe, it's been a maybe, while. Maybe since the burn tapes that we had to get rid of because they were wild. Yeah. But, um, um, yeah, dude, it, it's, it's going to be a good episode. It's going to be totally revolved around these guys because we got a big opportunity ahead of us with with this team that we got on on, on board here. One of them is my brother, Cody Cummings. Uh, he's with me. And uh, Paul Milkey. Uh, they're with me today, and they got a uh, pretty big deal that's about to occur. Um, they're about to be superstars, and uh, we're fired up to be a part of it in the slightest. So, um, guys, um, introduce yourselves, and um, well, hey, let's let's dive in a little bit. Lead the way, Paul. Okay, well, my name is Paul Milky, a.k.a. Houses by Paul on social media. I am a house flipper slash house designer slash real estate agent and half of the Apollo Group. Uh you know, we've been doing this for, what, two and a half years now as a team, and uh, we got a national TV show coming out. I'll let Cody tell you a little bit more about that, but it's a show that focuses on flipping affordable housing here in the Birmingham area, uh, mostly in East Birmingham. Yep, I'm, uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm Cody, Cam's brother. I'm the other half of, uh, of Apollo, and I also am a real estate agent. Uh, and we we help people buy and sell a bunch of houses and flip a bunch of houses and source investment opportunities for 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 people that are looking to to purchase assets. And uh, about 14 months ago, we got contacted by uh, a talent scout that well, actually Paul because of his because of his Instagram got reached out to uh, by a talent scout on behalf of A and E. Um, and you know we were skeptical, and he did an interview, and then and then uh, and then the the two of us did. Uh, another interview and then we did like eight more interviews after that um and just jumped through a bunch of hoops and sent a bunch of footage and and uh, ended up getting offered a, a full season for uh of of, of 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 home renovations for for a and e um pretty wild yeah that's um that's wild uh <laughs> to put it mildly i've uh, i've had similar encounters but never got to actually experience the real deal like you guys are um you did mention though you, you've been doing this for two and a half years, I guess you said, Paul. Yeah, that's not a long time. Let's go <laughs> ahead and talk about this. That's not a long time at all. No. And you guys went from I remember like it was yesterday. Cody was uh he was fired up because he had known you, but then y'all actually struck a deal to where y'all could it would be an actual working arrangement, and he was just excited. He was excited to at the very least. Um, start something you know and at least give it a good effort and uh and now here we are literally it's been it's only been two years you got your own team now you got your own agents you got your own employees literally and y'all are running um what what seems to be the the inception of of hopefully uh, uh some sort of a real estate dynasty you know at the very least in this area and y'all are well on your way i mean now you have a whole ass tv show so yeah that is um that's pretty bizarre. Um, I don't. I, 
should we start with should we start with y'all's background or should we start with how the show how the show's going and how it was filmed? What 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 would y'all want to start with first? I'm good with whatever. I think the obvious place would be more would would, would be more for background, just for context. Um, yeah, for people. Um, <clears throat> neither of us in the grand scheme have really been in, in real estate that long. You know, I'm in my fifth year. Uh, I think Paul's in his sixth year, something like that. Um, and, and, and so, so, I mean, just five years ago, I didn't know anything about, uh, about real estate. And for me, I got it in, I got into it in 2017, um, took me six or seven months to get going. And then, uh, through 2018 sold 42 houses ended up being the association of the year uh, or the rookie of the year at the Birmingham association of realtors in 2018. And then um, got the opportunity to be an investor and an owner and a market center in Keller Williams here in Birmingham, which was really cool. And, uh, and then that next year, Paul and I met as, at a, as a result of him hosting a panel. Um, and I happened to be sitting on the panel and we drank some beers afterwards and realized that we, uh, had a bunch of things in common and, and, uh, said, said a meeting. I think we got together like the next week uh-huh. and, um, just realized that both of us were equally ambitious and saw real estate and, and the world in general, I think in, in similar ways, much, much more ambitious than the, than the average person here in, uh, in Birmingham. And, um, yeah. and, and we, and he had, he had, he had built his business basically, the opposite way that I had built mine, you know, my whole business was primary homeowners, helping them buy and sell homes. And his whole business was uh, investors working on in the investing world, helping them find houses and rehab properties and that sort of thing. And we, when we met, we were like, Hey, why why don't we, uh, why don't we start a team of agents that can service both kinds, you know, people on the primary market and people on the uh, secondary market. And uh, I think our first, our first full year, we sold 130 houses. Then last year we sold 240 houses. So, uh, so, so things are moving. I think we probably bought and sold ourselves 60 ish in, uh, in 2021 and rehab some and sold some and that sort of thing. Um, um that, that was kind of the, I guess that's sort of the origin story from, at least from my side. I know, uh, just from an, another viewpoint of my brother's, uh, beginnings of real estate. Um, it was weird when you, st- when you just, when you first started doing it, Obviously, if anybody knows Cody, it's just initially you go, wow, that guy has passion about every topic. And and he pursues it to the utmost, right? And um and if you don't now you know. But uh he uh he he was hella passionate. He was he was dialed in, man. He was laser focused, but it was weird. I personally didn't see it, but it had to have been tough because when you first start out in sales in general, it's really difficult. But um, with something like a house, it, it takes a long time for, for contracts to come to fruition. So you weren't seeing the results immediately. Um, and, and me, per- just as a brother, it was just like, damn, like, I really, I, I really hope this works. Because Cody was at that point in his life, he was just kind of like, what do I need to do? What do I want to do with, with, what, with why I'm here on the earth? And um I'll be damned. I mean, eight, eight or nine months later, he, he, he got a, he got a fatty and it just started piling on and it was like contract, 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 contract. And this was before he was at Keller Williams. And, uh, it was just like, wow, he's doing well. Let's see how it, you know, let's see it, see how it plays out, you know? And, um, he hasn't slowed down. It's been pretty impressive to watch. And now, now, uh, now we're here 
Uh, so uh, it's uh, it's tough. And for any agents out there, and hey, Cody's employees included, work. You know, it's that simple. You know, I mean, hey, you're gonna suck the first half year. Get over it. You know, it's that it's that simple, yeah. dude. You know, right. it, it's gonna be shitty. But guess what? You can continue working, and you it will pay off. But um, onward. That is Cody's story, and uh, and we appreciate that. Uh, Paul, I don't know much about Paul on the on the career sense. Um, I didn't know I didn't know really anything about him until Cody uh, shared uh, Paul with me and the opportunity he had in front of him. Paul, uh, how did you get into it, bro? Were, were you an agent? I don't see yeah. that. I don't, I don't see that when I look at you. I don't go. Yeah, he <laughs> sells houses. When I let my license go a couple of years ago, I grew the hair out, stopped wearing a collared shirt. Love you know, that. Started. Uh, letting it ride a little bit more. Um, but I, I started in real estate about six years ago and I was in Montgomery. I was managing bars for a living. And, um, like everybody else who doesn't know what they want to do with their life, every bottle ex bottle service girl, every, every housewife who's bored, I got my real estate license and, um, kind of got, uh, into a situation where I was doing property management, um, for a company that I didn't enjoy working for. And, Luckily, you know, they made that decision really easy for me in my 11th month of real estate in Montgomery and they let me go. Um, so the next day, <laughs> yeah, it's, it was a, it was a blessing in hindsight. It's probably the only job I've ever been fired from. And uh, the next day I just decided that, you know, I looked around Montgomery and was like, hey, even if I was the top agent, I wouldn't be happy here. And I wanted to get to a good growing market where there was opportunity. So I packed all my stuff up and moved to Birmingham, started over. Then I've realized pretty quickly that it's hard to sell real estate when you don't know anybody. And the uh, I didn't even know how to get to the the brokerage. I remember having to put it into my GPS and having this like real sobering moment my first day being like, oh, man, I'm supposed to sell real estate. And I don't even know where my office is. (laughs) (laughs) So Yeah, it was tough. And then I had rented the first 260 foot studio apartment I could find. Um, so the couch, the 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 kitchen, the the TV, the bathroom were all within, you know, 12 feet, Love 15 that. feet of me at any given moment. But I got going because I was working investor leads that nobody else would work. And I had discovered, you know, a few other podcasts that uh, had kind of taught me how to find off market opportunities. So I just learned that stuff, drove around, made a list of houses, um, looked up the homeowners, found out most of these are abandoned houses. This was at the time in Birmingham where you could buy a ton, like whole neighborhoods were abandoned. And it's not really like that anymore because there's, you know, there's us and there's people like us who are doing what we do. Um, But I would find the, the homeowners. I'd say, hey, how much do you want for your property? It's obvious that it doesn't mean anything to you. They'd give me a number. And then I'd find a contractor and I'd bring him in and find out how much it would be to rehab that property. And because I was from a property management background, I could figure out how much it would rent for. And then I would take all three of those pieces of information and I'd take them to those investors from all over the country and sell them houses. And that's how I sold um, houses my first uh, few years here. And that's how what I really built my, my career on. And eventually um, those same investors wanted me to manage projects and do all this stuff. And then I met Cody one day on a panel and, you know, we were both Birmingham business journal, uh, rising stars of real estate. And we have similar friends, friend groups. Cause uh, you know, y'all are from Chilton County. I spent some time in Billingsley. All my okay. roommates in college were from Isabella. So like we had a lot of overlapping spheres. One, one of Cody's best friends is my old roommate. And, um, so we had kind of been in a uh, parallel a lot. 
and uh, we got we got going on things, and we sat down. And I was like, man, here's a guy that this guy will go as fast as I want to go, and and all the character references were there, and and the work ethic was there, and um, I was coming out of a really bad business relationship. Um, where, where I got left pretty high and dry on some things. We started a flipping company, had 20 something houses going. And the day the second one closed, they just cut me out and buried me under a bunch of legal paperwork. So I was coming out of that and I was trying to figure out what I had done, what I was going to do. And, I, um, had read a book called rocket fuel by Gino Wickman. And it talked about how, um, high level dreamers and high level, uh, creators, which is what I identify as. Um, need a integrator, you know, like a, to uh, to really be successful, and how integrators need a, a a dreamer and a creator to really push them. And uh, at the time, that's kind of what we thought Cody was. And it turns out Cody's probably a hybrid between the two. But I am pure. I am <laughs> not the systems guy at all. Oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I am the chaos, and Cody is like the funnel, you know. And so I just pour the chaos on top. And Cody is, does a really good job of taking those ideas and making sure that the good ones make it to the bottom. And yeah. between those two things and going fast, and um, that's how we started the Apollo Group. And it's been just a, it's been an absolutely insane ride. I cannot yeah. tell you like, like what a wild ride it's been. And and if the trajectory of our careers in the last two years is any indication of where we're going, then the future is a really cool place. And I'm just happy that I'm doing it uh, with Cody and all of our amazing employees um and partners at apollo yeah. group yeah. yeah we got a badass team man we got a badass team <clears throat> so you guys you guys start the apollo group right a couple years back you guys meet you start it up you hire everybody how do you get to the point to where you're getting a talent scout seeking you out for this tv show paul i, I need to know how that happens how did you grow the instagram how did you how did this person find you and how what yeah. was the reaction when that happened yeah, so this is actually a pretty funny story. This is I'm giving y'all a, a BD radio exclusive on this. Um, but I was um, I had always talked about a TV show as a great way to tell our story, and me and Cody had identified storytelling as just a really big part of what we wanted to do. So um, that was when we first got together, um, and I was at the time I was um, kind of dating this girl um, who was also kind of dating a, a famous musician. And, um, you know, that famous, I'm, I'm going to try to keep this very vague. Um, that famous mu musician started going through a divorce and we ended up breaking up. And I was telling one of my friends about this, uh, Melody, actually, who's an agent on the team now. And she was like, um, she was like, well, you know, like, that's understandable. They're a celebrity, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, I mean, I could be a celebrity if I wanted to. And she's easy. Yeah, <laughs> easy, right? And she uh, she kind of gave me this little laugh, and I was like, that it just didn't sit well with me, and so rude. I just decided that I very rude. <laughs> I was just gonna really get back to that idea that a TV show could do a great job telling our story and telling the story of Birmingham and telling the story of affordable family housing, and that I was also gonna have this little piece of my ego that I was gonna prove everybody wrong. And so I started getting really intentional with the things that I was posting and when I was posting, and I stopped worrying about followers. And I stopped worrying about likes and I did a ton of research on what these shows are looking for. And fortunately, I had been through the interview process a couple of times with HGTV, but honestly, my business wasn't in a place where, where I was, I was, I, they could have really done a show about me. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that talent sl scout slid in and we were ready. You know what I mean? Like, like, like we knocked, we, I, I knocked that first interview all the way out of the park. 
we brought Cody in really quickly. And if you know Cody, like Cody is, that is the, like that dude will knock any interview out of the park, you know? Right, right. So Cody comes in and now we're just crushing interviews because we're ready. We're prepared. We're running through them. And then finally the day comes where they're, this is during COVID. So they're not shooting real pilots and everybody is, is desperate to get shows to air because they haven't been able to film for a year and a half. And so they're like, Hey, we need somebody to follow y'all around with the iPhone tomorrow and we're going to submit that to network heads, but you're in like the final round, you know, and right. the network heads are going to watch it and we're going to, we're going to do that. Well, me and Cody knew that this was the most important part of the whole interview process was how we were going to be on camera. Um, and so we uh, like, it's like three in the afternoon. They're like, Hey, we need this tomorrow. Um, and I think that was so we couldn't like stage anything in our lives. But we, we, we called around, we tried to get, we were like, no, we're going to shoot a real pilot. So we called around to all these video production companies and like nobody could do it the next day. Um, but we had an agent on the team and her little sister, she was like, I have a little sister who does some photography and she's wanted to do some video. And um, she, what a role. Little, I know <laughs> what a, what a <laughs> wild card, but I tell you, we go for it. And um so, so we called her. I think, I think Cody might have called her, and um, it was Piper. We like, yeah. So, so she went. We told yeah. her to get her, and she said, "Okay, sounds good." And then, and then, and then Abby goes and like borrows equipment from her high school. From her high school. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Yeah, and she skips skips school and comes and, and videos basically our whole pilot. That's legendary. Listen, cuts it till three in the morning, sends it in. Boom, we got a TV show. That's what we're doing. That's incredible. Love that. Love that. It's a wild story. And then, after, and then after we got the show, we took her on a walk and convinced her to not go to college and instead just come to work for us. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, Brilliant. See, that's still TPD. I feel good yeah. about it. I mean, she's young. It is definitely still to be determined. I will say, though, she took some pictures for me at a riders round and they were good. At a minimum, she got she got credits on a national television show. So that should be pretty tight for somebody that wants to do media. That's definitely sick. That's sick for sure. Um, so this TV show, man, um, obviously there's waivers involved. There's all that, that paperwork you got to sign and all that jazz, which is awesome. Love having, loving doing that shit. But when it comes to filming, how big of a change or how big of a difference was it versus how you thought it was going to go versus how it actually went was it was it hella different i mean yes was it was it tremendously yes. different okay um how was it was it tough was was it tough was it tough to act natural was it tough to be yourself was it tough to get your job done like give me some insight on how filming went versus your job versus actually filming a show and doing your job yeah a little inside baseball on how these flipping shows how they work behind the scenes that's right well, yeah. it was um, it was it was way harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, not even close. Uh, honestly, I think the the camera stuff. I think the two of us find really natural and easy um, being filmed, and I mean that's just that's just pretty easy. And we and we didn't do anything that we would not normally do. I mean, they were basically just filming us be ourselves. So um, so that piece was was easy. Um, there's not a really a way to prepare to have a, a, a crew, a TV crew 
come. It was like it was like a tornado that swept into town, and and uh, and 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 you. It's hard. It's hard to really even put it all into perspective. I mean, in it, in it, in it, in preparation for the show, we hired several people. We got our own office downtown. We had to decorate that. We had to get it all set up. Um, organizing all of the employees and everybody involved. And then, and then the TV show just sweeps into town and, uh, and, and they're just on you. I mean, they're yeah. just, they're just on you all the time. Paul, especially early Paul, cause the, the show transformed a fair degree as we filmed it. Um, but Paul definitely was much more involved early. Um, and I didn't have as many responsibilities. And then in the back half of the, of the show, I ended up having a lot more responsibilities, but to put it in perspective, like, for the last, we filmed for four months and the last eight weeks of those, of those four months, I was working, I was filming, like I was actively filming probably 35 hours a week, maybe 40 hours a week. And then, and then I had all of the normal responsibilities I would have um, outside of that. I had to do basically when we weren't filming. So for the last two months of the show, I mean, I was just, I was just working flat out like all day, in the evenings, on the weekends, mm-hmm. I was I was catching up. If I could get around to disc golf in, I was feeling spoiled. <laughs> I heard that. You, yeah. you got to get in some disc ripping time. Yeah. Um, when it comes to uh, since since you did mention Paul, you were more involved on the front end. Um, how'd that go? I mean, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, you're driving around, you're you're finding houses, you're flipping, you're you're putting shit in them, you're taking shit out. Like how how did it go? Was it was it different? How how yeah. was it different? It was uh, it was extremely different. I, it committed a, I, w- I would say the word is violence into our lives. Um, it, it just committed <laughs> yes. violence on our lives, like pure unadulterated. Yeah, definitely violence. emotional violence for sure. <laughs> oh, dude, it was tough. But the, I think the hardest part is that um, you're you know when you're filming 40, 45 hours a week, you have to be very sharp and very on and very careful um, because you're you know you're 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 representing. You know, like when I go out there, I don't just think about like what I'm saying. I, I think that I'm saying it for Cody and I'm saying it for our employees too. So you have to be sharp during all that. Dude, and then and for the also, city and for the South. And for, yeah, for Birmingham, for the South. Like that's, that's, you represent, like we don't get a lot of these shows. So, and we took that very seriously and that made the weight so much heavier. So you're doing that 40 hours a week, then you're running your business 40 hours a week. But from the flipping side, we were running, so, you know, a lot of our business based around when the cameras could be there. So logistically it was, it was very challenging. And, and I think one thing that me and Cody, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I feel like you'll agree with this is a lot of people scale their business um, based on, you know, based on the traditional sales aspect. And what we did when we found out we were going to have this TV shows, we went and built a system to grow into so that we wouldn't have those growing pains. And so we had to keep doing our jobs. Like when you're watching the drama on the show about profit and about, you know, like um, timeframes, that's real. Cause we're this, we're, you know, two and a half years into a business. We just got an office. We just hired employees. We're still um, borrowing money from hard money lenders um, and not the banks who are paying more interest on it. We still have partners that we have to be held accountable to. And so like, you're getting a real authentic look at some guys who are trying to make it and are going for it. Um, so to that, on the, on that note, um, how much is this show? I don't know how many episodes you have, but I don't, it, that's irrelevant. Um, how much of this show is dramatization and how much is it, of it is reality? It's, it's, it's there. We were very capable of creating our own drama. <laughs> that's a, that's a fair point. The, the answer is that we'll see. 
so we'll see once, once it's released. We haven't right. we haven't seen it. Oh, well, okay. Saturday for the premieres. Like we're gonna literally, we've never seen the show. We're gonna have a thousand friends in a place, and we could look like huge idiots in public. No, hey, be prepared. <laughs> be prepared to look like huge idiots. Oh, I'm because prepared. hey, that's, been preparing that's for fanfare, months. dude. That is fanfare. You know that is people like that. Um, yeah. no, it was. I, it was uh, I, th- I think actually speaking to that point though, you know, we, our the original vision for the show was. Docu follow, um, gritty, gritty, yeah, exact vice, a vice feel. Mm, um, okay. and and that that really shifted over the duration of the show. Um, I mean, one of the things we learned, uh, is just the 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 bureaucratic nature of of a, of a TV show. You know, you have so many people that are involved, yeah. so many people that want to be involved, so many people that want to have opinions and have their opinions be valued, and and you know, you've got you got production that's on the ground and they're communicating with post-production and they're going back and forth and the post-production production people need you to do it this way. And if you do it this way, it can be. So, I mean, we, I don't know how many hours of, of they called them pickups that we filmed. I mean, like, like imagine two hours of um, 38 days left in the renovation project. Yeah. 37 days left in the reno project. Uh-huh. Like, um, you can, it's hard to put all that into 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 any sort of context, having not experienced it. The only people that can really talk, you know, speak to it is our team because, I mean, it put a lot of pressure on on all of them. You know, I mean, the, the TV yeah. show, the, the crew would come and they would just leave because it was so it'd be so loud or they'd be yelling, they'd be yelling at people, telling them to be quiet on the set when their literal job is to make noise and be on the phones. Um, yeah. So so there was a lot of pressure on that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm we're just hoping. I, I don't think we ever did anything that was not authentic. Um, So, so it really depends a lot on the, on the editing and and how they stream. I mean, they've got, they've got hundreds of hours of our lives on camera and we're going to have three and a half total hours of TV. Yeah. So, so who knows? Who knows what they're going to use? Yeah. I'm actually, I had uh, I actually had nightmares after they left because (laughs) the last couple of weeks were so crazy. I had a recurring nightmare for about two weeks that I woke up and they were standing in my bedroom with the cameras. The whole crew oh, was there. God. I mean, I can only um, imagine just somebody yeah. following you around like that all the time. That's just wild. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you one thing. It gave me a lot of respect for Kim K, bro. Like, you, you can talk trash, but you don't want her work, her work schedule. You that's, do not. Yes, that's don't, a fair point. Yeah. I can't imagine. Imagine if, hey, Cody, imagine if, uh, if, a, if a camera crew followed our family around. <laughs> they wouldn't do it for one season. That, that'd be it'd be a one episode deal um <laughs> i um man it's obviously it's gonna be it's difficult and and obviously we all hope that it goes on for many many a season um but sounds to me like you got 70 to 80 hours of work in in a week when when you're, when you're filming um so for all you aspiring tv stars there you go you, you know you better, if you're you better know why Mm-hmm. You better know why you aspire to be a TV star. If you, yeah. if you, want, if you want to do it just because you want people to like you, then there are better ways. Oh, yeah. Um, but, but if you if you, for me, the only reason I wanted, I wanted to do it was for the platform. You know, yeah. it was an opportunity to be able to put Birmingham on the map and show mm-hmm. and show Birmingham, the, the world that Birmingham is not what people think that it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an opportunity to, and, and the biggest thing is it's an opportunity to start sharing all these ideas that, that we've been learning and collecting over the years uh, with, with, with people, you know, you look across the world at the real estate podcasts that are out there and, you know, they're all right. 
you know, yeah. so, so, so we're, I mean, we're going to try to do that ourselves, you know, I feel like we can yeah. do it better. So, but it's, so it's cool to be able to build, build that and to, and to have a voice out in the world. Um, but, but you having attention and being famous just because somebody put a camera on you, who cares? That sucks. Your life is yeah. worse. Your life is yeah. worse that way. Yeah. Quality of life goes down for sure. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. Um, and it honestly might be a spoiler and you might not want to talk about it because it's, it might be on the TV show, but when it comes to filming, um, how did how did filming 150 billion hours a week affect your your bottom line? Did it affect your Did it affect the company in any way? I mean, yeah. how how did it did it did it did it hurt you? Did it did yeah. it help you? Yeah. Did it, what what did it do for you guys? Yeah, it created. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say. I think the answer just depends on. It depends on the time frame that we're looking at, you know, like yeah. we're looking at just like just last year, probably it hurt. Yeah. Attracted. We, we also took a lot of risks, you know, so there's a lot of moving parts. Um, so, yeah, if we're looking at just last year, it definitely hurt the bottom line. But if you're looking, uh, the idea was that we're willing to take the setback now for a potential exponential growth over right. the next three to five, you know. That's sure. right. Sure. It's just another what it was. It's just another another bet on yourself. That's what the show was. All you did was just bet on yourself again and again and then again and then again. Exactly. Um, I, I'm I'm fired up for it. Uh, I um six episodes, right? Five, five six episodes season. Five hours long episodes. Awesome, awesome. Um, so I got a quick question here. Yeah, go ahead. Go so ahead. there's a lot of these TV shows out there, Paul. You already talked about HGTV a little bit. What mm-hmm. it, and you kind of talked about what the vision of what the the show was going to be, it's going to be gritty, a vice feel mm-hmm. to it. So what is going to make it different? I mean, you have all these shows. What's going to make it stand out? What's going, yeah. going to be different? Is it just because it's in the South or is it because there's a completely different point of view of real estate and flipping? I think there's a couple different things that make it stand out from other shows. One is you're literally, you know, we're significantly younger than a lot of the people who are doing right. this on TV. So what you're going to be looking at is two guys that are still learning a lot while they're doing it. So they're not going to have to fake a lot of drama. Like we're, we're always going to be learning, but we're learning a lot and we're growing our business really quickly. So there's a lot of pressure there. Also, we're buying $10,000 houses. Um, we're taking, so there's a real good message behind it, which we're both very passionate about. And that's providing good affordable family housing and we have an incredible um set of people that make those houses go to like it just they have an incredible uh level of finishing work in them so while a lot of people are just painting the houses white top to bottom throwing some gray tile in and getting them to market uh, my style is very colorful and it's full of fun finishes and it's a little bit wild. And I think that's going to make everything pop a little bit more. So not only are we taking on projects that you would never see in other house flipping shows, we're also finishing them out in a way that is bold and, and, and is um, out there, you know, and I think between those things and between our characters and between our business model, that's just so different than anything else you're going to see. You know, some, something else too, you know, you look at most of the flipping shows Uh, And most of the people that are flipping homes in general, you know, that they're looking for you, you buy a house, you replace some flooring, some countertops, some cabinets, you paint the place and you get out of there. So if you look at the ratios, their purchase price tends to be the the primary cost. And then the the scope of work is a much smaller percentage of the overall project. Right. And the reason because there's a lot, there's a lot less risk involved in that. Uh, but what you'll see for us on our show, 
I mean, these houses are trashed. Like, like, like we, like there's one house that we did on the show. We called it the sunken Tudor because it just, it literally just had no floors. Like if you walk into the, to the front door, you're, you look down and there are like, there are no, like you're looking at a big, a big ass hole that, <laughs> and, and then, and you're looking yeah. into the basement and you're looking at the ground. So, so for us, if you look at the projects that we did uh, at the five projects that we did on the show, I can't think of any, except for maybe shake hat. No, no, definitely not. No, all of them, all of the, the scope of work on all of them was more expensive than the purchase on Every all of them. One. Yeah, the yeah. shake house we bought for 14 grand, uh, canoe, canoe house we bought for what? 45. Okay. Okay. 40 somewhere in there. Reba was at 65. Um, sunken tutor was at 35. We sold it Mm -hmm. for 260, 260 multiple offers. So, so, so like on all, like some of them, the scope of work is actually multiple times, like two or three times the amount of the the purchase. And and so you, if you go, you go out and find and look at these other shows, the houses are, I mean, we look at those and think, Oh, those are nice. Wow. Wow, what are not we definitely <laughs> could, we definitely could live there. Like in most of the ones that pre-flip, nobody's living in the shit that we're flipping. Right. Um, yeah. so what so in summer, y'all are just y'all literally just inverted the ratio. Um, so you're giving, hopefully, you're giving the audience a new perspective on the process, uh, or a new way to do it. Um, and also aspiring flippers, aspiring agents that mm-hmm. that that are interested in um different methods of, of different ways to skin the cat. That's another couple of couple of points too that you made. So we we do a lot of things like like our whole sales team. Most people that flip houses don't sell. So we're so we do multiple things in the real estate space. So so I think that that's important because people will see that a lot, too. Um, But another piece. And again, we haven't seen the show, so it's hard for me to say what made it in. But we did a lot of educational stuff, like a lot of discussion around terminology, a lot of discussion around like how to think about this and how to think about that. So like what our, our original goal was that we wanted to really pull back the curtain and show the inner workings of the real estate industry to the degree that we know them. um, Mm -hmm. So that, so that viewers will come away and understand more about the process too. um, Because it's not a, you know, it's, it's just, it's just way messier than people think. And there's way, way more to, to the whole thing than, than what people think. And everybody wants to be able to flip a house, but it's like, bro, like you think you want to be able to flip a house until you do. And then, right. and then you're like, man, maybe, maybe I just need to get that job and, and let me get my, let me That's get right. my regular paycheck in. Cause there's a lot less uncertainty. You yeah. gotta be built different to do, to do house flipping where you're playing, you know, you're playing big boy ball. And um, that means that there's big boy like mistakes, you know, there's, you know, a mistake might cost six, seven, eight, $15,000. Genuine. That's a, um, that's a, that's a, that's a tough, that's a tough pill to swallow. Oh, we had a, one of the, one of the episodes, we won't talk about which one, but we, one of the episodes, the, we, we hired some roofers to replace the roof Unreal. and they literally, they literally just left the fucking roof off. There was, <laughs> just, that. There was just we got no roof, bro. It rained. Two inches of rain. Dude, imagine, imagine, <laughs> imagine being a roofer. And knowing who knows more about the function of a roof than a roofer. And then just deciding not, nobody. not put a roof on there, dude. That's a real. That's dude. real. That's a real thing that happened. And they got dude. my real reaction walking into that house, realizing that it had rained two inches in that house overnight. And so when I tell you that you're going to have plenty of stuff to look at where there's like, there's, um, there's plenty of drama on the show without them having to make it yeah. that's what i'm talking about i mean there was like there was like uh that's like a twenty thousand dollar setback yeah yeah, yeah. And and when you're working on right small margins like you said it, you're you're te- you don't have that safety net of a four hundred thousand dollar house 
all your money is going into into renovating and that's twenty thousand dollars that's out of your pocket yeah Mm -hmm. and i think i think a lot of people don't understand what it's like doing affordable family housing you know what i mean cody and i um have built a world where um we're, we're not we hate being thrown into the the loop of gentrifiers because the houses that we buy they're abandoned um they're blight you know we know that the statistics on abandoned homes in a neighborhood um, are directly related to crime and, and a lot of other statistics. And that's just, those are just facts. So what we're doing is we're taking the things that are a detriment to a community and then we're just giving them back to the community. And we're not doing it on huge margins. We're doing it on enough where we can run the kind of business that we would want to work for. All of our people are eligible for health insurance, maternity leave, paternity leave, all that stuff. You know what I mean? So um, a lot of people don't dig very deep when they when they go in and they call us gentrifiers and things like that, but it's just simply not the truth. And also, see, I think people, see, I, think, I think you guys are going to see that conversation continue to intensify too. We had a we had an article written on Beham now about us, and it yeah. was shared around Facebook. And there were some really horrible things that were being said about us um, being people that are that are trying to to push minorities out of out of neighborhoods. And it's just also so ironic you know because like because the because what we're working for is literally the opposite, the opposite of that right like right. It's, think about how badass it is that if you if you ride around a neighborhood and you see a house and it's trash and it's the grass is all grown up and the windows are busted out of it and then and then you can literally just buy it make it way better sell it to somebody that wants to live there make a profit like that's badass dude that whole neighborhood is is substantially better because every time somebody drives past it now they're driving past a nice house, not and it's and it's still affordable. And right. yes, and you can buy it for very comparable to what you would rent. I was about it to for. say, and neighborhood wide is probably relatively comparable. Yeah, and um, I think that I think that people don't understand in Birmingham what gentrification actually looks like. Um, you know, not to say that there isn't some level of it going on here, not to be insensitive to that, um, because we're so conscious of trying to not be gentrifiers in everything we do. Um but, you know, like when you look at Atlanta or you look at Nashville, people there were getting pushed out of their their house. You know, they were paying eight fifty for rent, you know, seven years ago. And three years later, their same rent was seventeen hundred bucks and they had to move thirty five minutes, forty five minutes away to find something else that's comparable. Right. And we're not we're not where we're having that conversation yet in Birmingham. You know, if you have to move out of one house where you're paying seven fifty for rent, you can just move across the neighborhood and there's another one seven fifty for rent. One and our day, house, the most expensive house that we had that we've sold in the neighborhood has a twelve hundred dollar rent a month mortgage payment, twelve fifty. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, come on, dude, that's the most expensive thing, you know, like yeah. in, you're over there, you're trying, if you're renting a three or a four bedroom house, it's, it's 1100 bucks anyway, yeah. like right. a thousand yeah. bucks, 1100 bucks anyway. I so, think I, and we've you. got, and we've got lenders that incentivize minority purchasers in, in areas that are low income. So mm-hmm. we can get, we can get homeowners, people who are renting into these homes for zero money out of their pocket and their rent. And their payment is is equivalent to what their rent was. Yeah, that's which is gentrification. That's a gift. Yeah, which is something where we work on um, every day, you know. And there's a right. lot of um, historical context to the gentrification conversation that makes it a uh, probably it's a legitimate point of conversation. But we're very conscious around doing this the right way yeah. and making sure that we are not uh, contributing to that problem.
Well, it's like That's what you're important. saying when you're giving back to the community. When you build that abandoned house, that abandoned house is probably driving down the value of the other homes around it. So you build it up, well, you make it nicer, it might boost their house. I, th- I think the house. bigger issue is that when you have those abandoned houses, they're driving down the safety of that community. That's right. the thing that Much more detrimental than, than the value. And I think that that's something that needs to be talked about more because we know that the number of abandoned homes in a neighborhood is directly related to the crime rate. It's directly related to the level of the education that is likely to be given um, to the people of that community. Um, these are things that they're not, um, they're, they're directly tied together. As one goes up, the other goes up. And as one goes down, the other yeah, goes they're correlated down. for sure. What man. you're looking at is the, is the spiral of poverty that keep that keeps entire neighborhoods impoverished forever because mm-hmm. because when there are vacant houses there's more crime when there's more crime people don't want to live in the neighborhood so they move out so now there are more vacant houses something else when there's crime businesses aren't trying to be in the neighborhood yeah. so when and when there's no businesses there are no jobs mm-hmm. so so it's a it's a continual downward yep. spiral so it's a circle here. Exactly. So, so if you can go to specifically those places that are vacant and you can make them beautiful and, and have them be places that they want to live. I mean, we're buying commercial buildings to in the same neighborhood just to get ahead of it because we know that there's going to be a threshold that we get to where all of a sudden the neighborhood's considered safe and then businesses are going to come in and then the people have jobs that are working there and then you've got restaurants and that's mm-hmm. how it all that's yeah, how that's yeah. how that's how that's how neighborhoods are improved. Right. That's, that's how you take responsibility for your own neighborhood, you know. And for your whole those, city. Those those commercial buildings sat empty forever and nobody else would do it. So we put a plan together, we went out there and we're learning the commercial process right now, which has been very complicated. Um, but the plan is to bring those jobs back to the community. And so taking, you know, and like we love that community. And so taking responsibility for that community, the same way we take responsibility for the community that is Apollo is something that's just very, very important to us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. I, I tell you, um, you can't put you, dude, it's just, dude, it's just like Joe Rogan says, bro. Don't read the fucking comments. You know, <laughs> I don't, I don't, read I, don't. The I already comments. don't. It's been the two reality, days. I don't read the comments. The reality of the matter is, man, is that when you know you're doing something right, you know, when you know you're doing it for the right reasons, I guess the better way to say it, when you know you're doing something for the right reasons, it, it, it doesn't matter. Right. right. Because you're, you're putting in the proper amount of work and you're doing it for the right cause. And I heard the same thing, man. Uh, uh, Greg was talking to me about it yesterday and I was just thinking to myself, like, what are this? Just a gang of idiots. We just got a gang of idiots on social media. And guess what? We did. Hey, even some of my listeners right now, y'all are probably not very smart and we love you anyway. Just don't talk shit about something until you know the facts. Yeah. Um, so, uh, look, it's, um, it's, it's it's important what y'all are doing is important. Cody has shared with me at very at the very least a, a portion of his vision. Um to he's he shared that with me, and I know that you guys are doing it the right way. Um, I think more people need to hear that you're doing it the right way as opposed to just watching the TV show and then and, and flipping through the channels. They need to know why they're doing it. And I'm sure all the others, all the other shows, respectfully, are doing it for the right things as well and for the right reasons. But um each story is different, and and I like where this one's come from, from because obviously biased reasons. Uh, but um, I guess now that I mentioned vision, I want to ask both of you guys, what is first off, what is your personal vision? I want I want I want a personal vision for you in the next 
X amount of years, where do you want to end up? And secondarily for this company, where do you want to end up? What is the, what is, what's our long game here? Mm-hmm. Perfect. Cause this was what I was going to ask. So perfect. I'll pick since Paul's yeah. being passive, Paul, you go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, uh, personally, um, you know, growing, growing our platform, um, so that we can be a more active member and influential member in our community is, is going to be mega important. I know that's something that me and Cody have in common. One day when you talk Birmingham, I want you to have to talk about the things that Paul and Cody have done for that community and how they've represented that community the correct way. So I want to own that kind of mind share here. I want to be so Birmingham that when you think Birmingham, you have to think Paul. And, and then um, creating an awesome opportunities, you know, continuing to create awesome opportunities for the people who believed in us because that wasn't a lot of people at first. So coming through on those promises that we were building something special um, and giving them, you know, a life that would be worth celebrating um, and then creating opportunities for other people too. So mentorship is something that's really big for me and Cody. Um, and so I know that um, creating opportunities is something that we'll be into for the rest of our lives. And that can come through speaking, coaching, the business, whatever. Uh, as far as Apollo goes, uh, to make Bur- Apollo the most powerful and influential real estate company in the Birmingham area in the next five years. And then um, I think for, for both of us, we've always wanted to create something that was, that was on a national level. Um, I don't know what that is yet. I don't know if that's Apollo. I'm not really sure. Right now, I have a problem with dreaming too big. And yeah. not dreaming too big, but losing focus sometimes. And so uh, my biggest difference right now is creating uh, a world for our employees and our people and our investors and our community that is uh, that is that is worth celebrating. And then um, making sure that Apollo becomes the most powerful real estate operation in Alabama in the next five years. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Um, Cody, what about you, man? I, for me personally, I'm just, I'm interested in, in just taking as much responsibility for making the world a better place as I can on whatever scale um, I'm able to do that on. Uh, so, so for us uh, with Apollo, you know, our, our, we call it our definite chief aim. You know, the definite chief aim is to, is to turn Apollo into being the most powerful real estate company um, in, in Birmingham uh, and then in Alabama so stage one for us is to take over the Birmingham real estate market um, to, to the largest degree that we can. Uh, and then, and then you go from there out to Alabama um, kind of like Paul was saying, you know, I, I don't think we, I don't think that there's necessarily a clear path yet around how to build a real estate company into a national brand or, or level yet. Um, but, but we we do and have wanted to do things that are on a national level. And, and for me, um, you know, you'll know this better than, better than most, um, you know, my, my dream has always been to teach professionally, speak professionally, write books that matter, um, and, and, and share ideas that, that other people find useful. Um, so, so I think that that's going to be a, a big part of that too, uh, because I'm just, I'm just really passionate about collecting collecting what I think are great ideas. And, and I'm excited to be able to start sharing them, uh, those same ideas on a consistent basis too. Um, so I think that's the, I think that's the, that's the big picture. That's the big vision, you know, like we're, yeah. uh, we're just running, man, we're running. And what, what I've learned is that when you run, when you're willing to willing to run really fast, that um, where you should go becomes obvious to you when you get closer to it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I agree. I agree with that entirely. And you know, my journey as well. It's, um, I had no idea what I was going to do. And now I know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I don't know how yet, but, um, uh, we're going to figure that out, but I wouldn't have known until I kept going, you know? Um, and, and here's a note. And I, and I think that this should be a part of your, uh, your, 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 your learning tools, your sets of videos that you show your employees from here on out, because I'm going to, I'm going to tell them something. Um, my brother comes home every day and he comes home with a new problem and that's, that's his job is, is to, is he solves problems. You, you, so you find a problem, you find a solution. That's what he does. Um, a lot of his problems are centered around the fact that his employees, they, they, they struggle taking the knowledge that he has and, and implementing it. Um, take it from somebody who has done something against the will of somebody smarter than them. Just do it. You might not agree with it. You might not even understand why, but fucking do it and shut your mouth. Be coachable. That. Literally, literally, literally every agent that's ever been created under Cody, under anybody's tutelage, under, under, under Paul, if they're learning how to flip, shut up, listen, implement. We don't care if you like it. We don't. We're trying to create good habits. And Cody is the master of creating good habits. I don't understand it. I'm fucking terrible at it. But he is really good at it. He probably just reads more than me. I feel like he's got the upper hand there. So I um, I just, every time my brother comes home with me, it's pretty frustrating to listen to because I am as coachable as it comes when it comes to most things. Because I know that I don't know everything. And I, I try my best not to pretend to. Um, I listen. And it helped me a lot when I figured that out. It helped me quite a bit to learn things from people that are definitely smarter than you. And guess what? If you're aspiring to be a real estate agent and you're going into my brother's office or Paul's office to get a job, they already know more than you. So approach it that way. And guess what? A lot of the guys that are still are still around, they did that. And guess what? They're still around and they're doing well. You know, um, the proof is in the pudding. And, uh, and, and people need to take heed uh, from the words that uh, my brother and Paul say because they know what the hell they're doing. Because, obviously, they have a fucking TV show <laughs> that's about to drop in two days. Um, I'm fired up about it. Uh, I, I'm, very, I'm very curious to see the reaction. And guess what, dude? If this TV show falls flat on its ass, you made a TV show. No exactly. matter what. You were on national television no matter what. That's period. Right. And that's such a blessing, dude. That is so cool. Um, that is, it's, it's, it's so cool to see my brother ascend to a different level uh, that, uh, that, that he hasn't been and that any of us have been sitting here, you know, talking. Uh, you and Paul are about to blow up, man. People are about to know you. And that's, su that's super cool, dude, because y'all earned it. Y'all earned it. I know what Cody did. And from the words that Cody says about Paul, good God, Paul did as well. So um, I'm fired up about it. I, I couldn't be any more excited. Um, I don't really. I don't guess I have anything else. Ryan, Ryan, you got any any more any more questions? Yeah, I got a few quick things, and we'll wrap this thing up. I mean, I'm completely excited for you guys. I know you two have hung out with you guys, had beers with you guys multiple times. So I know <laughs> that the show is going to be good because you guys are a hundred percent authentic. Like you guys are authentically yourself a hundred percent of the time, and I think that's important. So when you go into a TV show like that, I think y'all are going to bring that and y'all will deliver. I think that's a hundred percent. And I think that's how most people should live their lives instead of trying to fake things. Right. 
So with that being said, with the show, what's the one big takeaway you want people to take away from this? Like, what do they take away from watching Flipping Down South? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, the, the answer to that is that um, there is, if you put a good plan in place and surround yourself with the right people and the right tribe and the right community, there's, there's nothing that, that is really impossible. So that's what happened with me and Cody as far as building this thing out and then getting a TV show. It was because we worked really hard we prepared really hard and then we put ourselves out there um, and weren't scared of, of rejection or what people would think. And, and those are the things that led to the TV show. And I think those are the things that are going to keep us successful through the TV show when people are obviously going to have things to say, but we know who we are. We know who we're around. We know what we're doing and we're not apologetic about, about making the, the, the plays to get there. What, because we're not scared of failing. Yeah. I hope um, I, 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 in, in an effort to just mirror that same uh, message for me, it's like if in a word, it would just be inspiration. You know, I hope everybody watched the show and said and says, man, these dudes have only been doing this for two years. You know, like, man, they've only been in real estate for five years and yeah. understand that that's true. And um, things can change fast, man. Like if you choose what you want to do and focus on it and give it your best effort, you can get a long way in five years. Um, and, and for me, you know, I look at my life and my life has changed drastically every single 12 months from January one to January one, it's been, it's unrecognizable from January one of 2018, every year forward, it's been unrecognizable. And, uh, you know, Warren Buffett has a great quote. He says that, uh, that the only thing that he knows that compound are interest and self-education. So, so, so for me, uh, you know, I've been reading a lot of books and and keeping a journal for a decade, and um, my life is unrecognizable from where it was a decade ago. And I look ahead at 31 and think, man, by the time I'm 40, it's gonna be wild out here. Yeah. You know? Let's go, yo! Uh, I remember, I remember skyping my brother when he was in Nicaragua because he literally had no self identity. No, and this is not a joke. This is serious. My brother literally left. He just left the whole country, just fucking fled because he was just trying to figure out what the hell he was doing. And um, obviously, you know, as, as anybody that gives a shit about anybody should feel, it was just, I felt, I felt it was just like, damn, like I, I wish I could contribute in some way. But um, Cody's done all of this on his own. Uh, outside of Paul, obviously, I'm talking about his self, his self growth and awareness on that front. He's done it all himself, and it's been really impressive to watch. I, uh, I, um, I'm, I'm very, very excited uh, about about uh, what's going to happen with you guys because well, y'all think about, dude, up. Think about, think about this. Think about how put together my identity was in my senior year in high school. Yeah, right? like I could have just locked that identity in. Said, "This huh? is the guy I'm going to be. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have some kids." I'm going to get into the ministry, you know, maybe I'll be a, go be a UFC fighter, you know, like, like the identity was locked in, but in my heart, I knew that that actually wasn't who I was meant to be. So in order to become who you're meant to be, you have to strip away who you're not meant to be, but that's really a, that's really scary, man. And like, think about, think about, you know, I'm wandering around in Nicaragua. I was 20, I was 27. I was your age. I was your age. 
when I when I when I was wandering around in Nicaragua and everybody thinks that they got to have all their shit together and they're 22 and it's like hey just relax like like but 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 what you have to do is but what you have to do is go for it like mm-hmm. you have to you have to be trying to do something mm-hmm. and I'm of the mind that if you try to do a thing for a long ago dude I've been trying to be a speaker and a writer for a decade and hadn't figured it out but mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm still I'm still going I'm still right. trying. And that, that was, that's been our whole conversation around you and music. Like if you want to be a musician, here's what you do. Music, you do it. You commit, <laughs> yeah. to, it. You, you commit to it. You know, yeah. like everybody talked to me about odds when I got into real estate, one in 10 realtors renew their license after, after two years, you know, mo- the average realtor doesn't make any money. Like all those things are true. But I kept thinking like, well, what about the ones, how, how come that person is making 500 grand a year? You know, like, are they smarter than me? No. Are they, are they harder working than me? No. Okay. Well then what's the difference between me and them? Time on task. Well, I better get to my task because that's the whole, that's the whole game. And it's the same. Like at this stage, I feel like I'm kind of on the other side, you know, next year will be a decade for me out of, out of college, which is crazy. So I'm on the other side I'm a decade out and you get over here and you're starting, you figure things out, you know, you get your business together. It's going well. You know, you get your, you get your personal life together. You got, you, I'm engaged, going to get married, you know, that's going well. And, uh, and, and, and then you get your TV show and you start to, and you start to really, really move upward at a rapid pace and you turn around and you look back and you say, shit, man, I could have done this in anything. Yeah. I could have done this in anything. I just happened to choose real estate and here we are. But if, if you want to do a thing, all you have to do is just do it. You have to choose it and you have to commit to it and you Sorry. have to do it. But but yeah. it's not going to be easy. You know how much money I made in 2017? Six grand. That's the I year made, I was referencing earlier. I made six thousand dollars in the entire year of 2017. Mm-hmm. That's a tough year, guys. I don't know what kind of bills you've got, but that's a tough year. And that's then the scarce. next year, the next year I made five times as much as I'd ever made in a year. But but it was like right before I made any money, I was like, I'm gonna quit. I can't do this. I got to figure something else out. And then boom, it's right on the other side. Yeah. I just never could have not done this, you know? So like, like it, it goes back to the, the, the discussion with Ron. It's like, that's the goal. That's the message. You should watch this and say, those dudes are 31 and 32. Yeah. Those dudes are 30 in the show. You know, yeah. like that's correct. Like that's, that's crazy. Yeah, that's no crazy. doubt. I, um, my, uh, since you brought up that quote, it, my favorite quote ever is actually from my, my second dad, my head coach at South Alabama, Mark Calvey, he said it every day, man. And uh, I'm sure Ryan know, uh, knows it when I say it. It's, he said, literally, you wake up every morning and all you want to do is get 1% better. He said, if you find something in life and that's your thing, if you get 1% better at it every day, you're going to be killing. He said, so focus on each day and focusing on getting better 1%. That's it. That's all you got to do is just that 1%. And I've watched you do that. I've watched you literally do that via heart, via actually working time on task. Like you're saying via, via the books that you're reading and getting educated. And, um, and I think that you're every, it's all getting prepared. It's you're preparing yourself to get to the point, get to that goal that you're talking about. The speakers, the, 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 the you know, the, the, the knowledge is the books, the, the publishing, the, all of those things are going to happen for you because it's time on task. You've already done that. You're, you're doing yeah. that currently. Dude, something you know? else too, like the attention, people want attention. Yeah. 
bro, if you're not put together, attention is a disaster. That's it, right. You fold all your, all your weaknesses come to the fore, yeah. you know, like, so you look at it, look at all the stuff that like has, that happened with Rogan so recently that guy's unfazed, you know, he's unfazed. And the reason is like, bro, I'm put together. My life is together. My intimate relationships together. My finances are, are in order. I'm good. So fuck you guys. Yeah, no doubt. I'm, I'm good. You know, hundred so, percent. So I, I think that's the other piece, you know, like you want to get on TV and be famous and shit, but no, you don't, man. Like everybody's staring at your life and crit- criticizing you. You got, yeah. yeah. It takes, takes a huge amount of responsibility. Attention yeah, just does. equals responsibility. And a lot of people aren't ready for that, but the good news is, you know, because of that base that's been built up that we've been working on, I feel like we're just, I feel like I'm a, like I'm about to, I'm a runner. You know, that like me and Cody are like a, like a, like a, like a, like a, like some sort of like elite running team and we're shaking out, we're loose and we got a little sweat going, we're ready to get into the box. And this is just the, this is just the start. Yeah, you know dude. what I mean? A lot of people yeah. look at TV as the finish line. They look at fame as the finish line. And for it's us, started, dude. it's, yeah, that's it. That's it. And the, when that first episode hits and, and that first second and that first episode, that gun goes off and it's time, yeah. you know, no we're really about to take off. 36 no hours though. No doubt. We're 36 hours out. No doubt, man. <laughs> I'm excited about it. I'm excited. I can only imagine how excited you guys are. Yeah, no I'm doubt. Scared, <laughs> all it did, dude. All it did. All you needed was an opportunity, guys. And you're getting your opportunity. So here we go. You know, here we go. You got your opportunity. Let's get after it. I'm excited, bro. I'm excited. Paul's about to reshape the land with all of his houses. And um, and um, I'm I'm fired up, man. I'm fired up. What is the uh the title of the first episode? Good new house new house awesome awesome and where can we find that any hulu philo all the streaming services it's going to be on a and e at 11 central um yeah well 12 eastern yeah awesome dude Uh, oh what's y'all's uh social media so that everybody can find you guys Houses by Paul on everything. So Twitter and Instagram are my main two platforms. Find me. But even though Twitter, even though Twitter shot me down on my verification quest today, GG. I'm still going to plug my Twitter. Houses Love by Paul that. on Twitter and Instagram. Hey, you got a Love TV that. show. You got to get verified. That's just how it That's works. True. That's got true, you. dude. Cody no J. Cummings. Cody J. Cummings from Ron. The J is important. Uh, I interviewed an agent. I interviewed an agent. I Paul, I didn't even tell you this. I interviewed an, you interviewed an agent yesterday and, uh, he said, this is probably inappropriate in a hiring situation, but have you ever Googled your name? <laughs> and I was like, yep, I sure have. Cody yeah, Cummings yeah. Is, a, is a bisexual porn star from Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, my SEO is trash. Yeah, it's, uh, the, Google, the Google searches are going to be rough <laughs> in the next few months for sure. Here's another, hey, here's another thing, guys. What is, hey, y'all might get just rampant amounts of applications to work for you guys. I'm just oh, like, I thought you were going to say to be my girlfriend. I was like, I mean, I'm planning <laughs> on that. I mean, that too. Sure. I mean, dude, the tender is going to be bumping. Why do you think I wanted the blue check mark? <laughs> That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Uh, I, um, yeah, y'all are, y'all are about to, y'all are about to just get a real influx of, of, of guys that want to work for you guys. Um, but, um, Hey, all I'm saying is if they do listen to it, we'll get the timestamp and I'm just, I'll reiterate, <laughs> I'll reiterate y'all shut your mouths. Literally. Hey, shut up. All right. Cody's not going to say it. Shut your fucking mouth and listen. All right. Because they know what they're talking about and they will show you how to make a million dollars. That's just the bottom line. Here's how you make a million dollars. All right. Do it. 
too simple. I'm fired up, guys. Thank y'all for uh, thank y'all for hanging out, dude. Episode 98. I don't even I don't even know what time it is. I don't really care. I don't think that's really meaning, meaningful uh, as long as we flesh out everything we needed to. Um, appreciate y'all doing this, dude. I uh, me and Cody mentioned it last week, or I mentioned it to Cody, and he was down. But you know, Cody, he'll be like, "Yeah, hell yeah, dude, I'm down." And then he's just got other shit doing. Like he don't even look at his calendar. But um, uh, I, I appreciate y'all hanging with me, dude. Uh, it was yeah. a it was a blast. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, our next interview guys. is our next interview is Rick and Bubba. That's literally yep. what we're doing at five fifty tomorrow morning. So we obviously put y'all on the same plane as them. Let's, Let's go, it. dude. Too easy, bro. <laughs> Too easy. Hey, I this is a warm you, up. <laughs> I guarantee you, we're we're way more cool to the audience that's okay with cussing. That's very sure. true. You know what I'm saying? Especially if they listen to our previous episodes. Good lord. Good God. But um. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Thank y'all for being here. Thank y'all for hanging out with us. Um, we'll post this tomorrow, hopefully. Midnight. Um, or it'll be up at midnight. It'll be up at midnight. And um, guys, if y'all listen to this and you enjoyed it, uh, let us know. We need more guests. Um, obviously, they're not going to be as cool as uh, people that are on TV, but uh, we'll do our best. We'll get a couple big league guys that we know, and uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll shake it up. I know the real estate industry is not really our cup of tea, but thankfully, we got guys on here that were that that, that it was their exact size cup. So. Um, Thank y'all for being here. GG's. Uh, like, rate, subscribe, review on the fucking channel and leave cool comments. And if hey, they're shitty comments, some, we'll delete them. Tag us on some shit on the social so we can share. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Flipping down Thank south, you. Saturday, noon Eastern, Canoe House. Check it Wait, out. Come hey. out. Flipping the south, right? Flipping down south. Down flipping south. down. I see you knew it, and I'm literally his fucking relative. All right. <laughs> flipping down south. Saturday, 11 Central, 12 Eastern. Y'all check it out. It's ob- it'll obviously be on A&E and all the streaming platforms as well after the okay. So um, y'all go yeah. blow it up, and uh, we'll share it, and then y'all share it, and then everybody will fucking share it. All right, cool? One love. Peace, all right, boys. boys. All right, boys.